I don't know about you, but God's presence is here in an awesome way this morning. Amen. And I did have a, a message planned, but it always seems to happen when I'm here in, in Cineworld. Um, God changed it during the worship. And I just feel it had, you know, it's important that we get teaching and the ministry of the word is such an essential part of, of what happens when we gather together. But you know, sometimes you can preach and teach the anointing off of a service. And sometimes you just need to step back and just say, this is a holy moment where God wants to meet with his people. And God just put a phrase on my heart that I just want to minister to you just for maybe 15 minutes this morning. And then Jennifer and, and the guys are going to come back up and, and we're going to close with maybe another 15 minutes of just encountering God's presence together. Is that okay this morning? So Father, we, ju we just thank you that you are here with us this morning. Why don't you just lift your hands to heaven right now? And Holy Spirit, we want to we, we wanna thank you that you are here. We want to thank you that you are within us, Lord God. We thank you that, that Jesus, you said you will not leave us as orphans, but you will send us someone just like you, the comforter, the counselor, the spirit of truth. And you said he would be with you and he would be in you. So Holy Spirit, just come right now. Keep moving, keep pouring out, keep releasing your, your goodness, Lord God, in this place. And come right now and touch our hearts, touch our lives. As we look at your word for, for the next few minutes. In Jesus' name. Why don't you just take your seats and Heather's just going to keep playing. And just want to encourage you not to just kind of lose this sense of of just receiving and drinking in the presence of God. It's easy sometimes during a message just to kind of get into spectator mode. Uh, but just God's doing things. So just keep receiving from Him right now. And the phrase that, that God put up on my heart during the worship was this. Changing rooms and changing regions. Changing rooms and changing regions. Because who knows that we as the church, we are called to be agents of change on planet earth. Yeah? Jesus has called us to be salt. He's called us to be light. He's called us to, to go into the dark places with His love, with His truth, with His power. And I believe that as we go full of the Holy Spirit, that God has given us the ability to change rooms and to change regions. And there's two simple but powerful tools that can enable us to do that. One is worship and one is witness. Because who knows the two go hand in hand. It says in John chapter 12, this is a changing rooms bit, not the changing rooms where you go in to kind of, you know, uh, try and see if your new pair of jeans or your new dress fits uh, but, but changing the room, changing the atmosphere of the place where we are. It says in John 12 six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany where Lazarus lived whom Jesus had raised from the dead here a dinner was given in Jesus' honour. 
Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Friends, who knows that worship is powerful? And what Mary did here was an act of worship. It's one of the most powerful acts of worship in the whole Bible. Now, she didn't have a guitar and she wasn't kind of singing along to the latest Jesus culture song. Because who knows that worship is more than singing songs. Worship is outpouring. Worship is when all that God has given us, we pour out upon Him. You see, worship is a true expression of love. And if love looks like anything, it looks like outpouring. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. And what did Jesus do? The the supreme act, the, the, the greatest act of sacrificial love. He poured out his life for you and me on the cross. He didn't just kind of sprinkle his blood. He didn't just kind of prick his finger and, and thought one drop will do. No, he poured out his blood. He poured out everything he had. That is true love. That is a price that he paid so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be healed, so that we could be set free, so that we could be reconciled with the Father. And if we are called to be lovers of Jesus, if we are called to be disciples of Jesus, then our love, our following is going to look a little bit like outpouring. It's going to look like we pour out our lives in worship and love and adoration and praise and thanksgiving on Him. It says that it was a a costly and expensive perfume. You know, true worship, the Bible talks about the sacrifice of praise. I wonder when was the last time you worshipped? And it cost you something. When was the last time you you didn't just kind of go through the the motions, but you worshipped with abandonment. You worshipped with everything you had. You decided that you were going to pour it all out upon Jesus. And notice what happened. It said the fragrance of her perfume, the fragrance of her worship, it filled the whole house. You see, her worship changed the room. Her worship changed the atmosphere. And friends, I'm convinced of this truth, that we are able to change atmospheres. We are able to change rooms by pouring out worship on Jesus. You don't believe me? What about Paul and Silas? 
when they began, they were in a prison cell. They were in a jail cell. And what did they do? They began to pour out praise. They began to pour out worship. They began to pour out adoration on Jesus. And what happened? It says that the foundations of the prison shook. And their chains fell off. And not only did their chains fell off, but everyone else's chains fell off as well. And the prison doors flew open. Uh, and the prison guard came in and he was so scared because he thought the prisoners had escaped, that he was going to take his own life. But Paul ended up sharing the gospel with him. And in fact, he didn't. He said, the, the jailer said, what can I do to be saved? And then Paul shared the gospel with him. He wanted to get saved even before he'd heard the word because of the atmosphere that they created through praise and worship. Their praise and worship changed the atmosphere. That prison guard, his whole family came to Christ. Anyone here, you have people in your house who don't know Jesus. Is it possible that we can change the room through our worship? Is it possible that in Cineworld, as we gather every Sunday, I don't know what movie is on after we've done, but is it possible that as we meet here and as we pour out worship, we're changing the atmosphere? Is it possible that we as, as God's people, as we gather on Sundays and as we truly pour out this sacrificial love and worship and adoration on Jesus, could it be that we have the power to change whole could it be in your house because who knows that worship is not confined to 10.30 while 12 on a Sunday morning that actually you are a house of God you are a temple of the Holy Spirit you are a place of worship wherever you go is it possible that you can change the atmosphere in your office at work is it possible that you can change? Maybe some of you have got teenagers, kids who, who, who hate church and hate the idea of following Jesus, but maybe as they get in the car and you go on a journey somewhere, just the power of worship can change the atmosphere. Could it be as, as you're in your bedroom and you close your door and you get out on your knees and, and you just start to worship Jesus and just start to pour out your love and your adoration on Him. You change the atmosphere in your home. You change the atmosphere in your neighbourhood. How about the room that is your life? How about the room that is your mind? Who knows what we need changing? Could it be that our breakthrough can come as we pour out worship on Jesus? Could it be that we change our internal world? We change our, our mind. We, we change our, the atmosphere that we carry because who knows that we all carry an atmosphere. Maybe for some of us, we've been grumpy for too long. Some of us, we've been afraid for too long. Some of us, we've been bound for too long. We've been stressed for too long. We've been sick for too long. We've been in poverty for too long. We've been in unbelief for too long. It's time for the rooms of our lives to change. As we release worship on King Jesus.
I believe, friends, we can change rooms this morning as we pour out worship on Jesus. But not only can we change rooms, I believe we can change regions. Here's another guy in Luke chapter 8. It says that Jesus sailed to a region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but he had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? It's quite a long passage and I don't want to get into the whole story, but this guy reveals that he is possessed by a legion of demons. Now, that sounds pretty scary to me. Anyone else? Does anyone find it amazing that Jesus went to that place just to set this man free? You see, Jesus was never intimidated by the darkness. Jesus was never intimidated by the dark places of this world. But he went there as an agent of change, as a bringer of the Father's presence, bringing hope into the most hopeless of situations. And those of you who know the story know that this man who we know as Legion was gloriously set free. Because who knows that's what Jesus can do. This guy, even though he was bound, he came to Jesus. You see, there's something inside every one of us that longs for his presence. Maybe you're here tonight and you need freedom. You need freedom from depression, from sickness, from fear, from anger, from the past, from hurt, from whatever it may be. Friends, freedom is found in his presence. But here's the changing regions bit. In fact, before I get there, let me read this. When they, that's the people in the town, came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Now, this is just how my mind works when I read the Bible. But when I read that verse... A few weeks ago, this thought came to my mind. Where did he get his clothes from? Because it says that he was naked and lived in the tombs. But now here at the feet of Jesus, he's clothed and in his right mind. Where did he get his clothes from? Because who knows, there wasn't an Asda around the, the back. There wasn't a Marks and Spencers just kind of tucked away out of sight where did he get his clothes from and this is just kind of me kind of my kind of preacher's license if you were but I can only presume that in the boat that Jesus and his disciples came to shore with there was a spare set of clothes would that be a fair assumption and the moment this man was free Jesus said, Peter, John, Andrew, get him something to wear. Maybe even use these very words. 
bring the best robe and put it on my son. Maybe, just maybe, and this is real out there, maybe they were the spare clothes of Jesus himself. And maybe this man went home that day clothed in the robes of Jesus Christ. I don't know, but I do know this. Jesus doesn't just want to set you free. He wants to clothe you with power. Why? So that you can be a witness. Worship changes rooms. Witness changes regions. Because the end of this story has the man saying this, Jesus, I want to get on that boat. I want to follow you. I want to be with you. I want to be one of your disciples. And Jesus said, hang on a minute. You can be a disciple. But discipleship for you is not getting in the boat and sailing away. I want you to go back in your town and tell everyone what Jesus has done. And he did. You see, Mary poured out worship. This man was an outpouring. Wherever he went, he just poured out Jesus. Wherever he went, he just told everyone, this is what Jesus has done for me. Friends, who here has got a story of how Jesus set them free? About five of us. I said, who's got a story of how Jesus has set them free? Now, it may not be as dramatic as, you know, you had a thousand demons like this man. But who knows, all of us have been saved out of something. All of us have been set free from something. And every one of us has a story of the goodness of Jesus, the power of Jesus. And here's the amazing thing. And Unless you kind of read the Gospels in chronological order, you might miss this. But this story ends by all the people in that town telling Jesus, go away. We're just freaked out by you. This, you're crazy. Go away. And they send him away. But did you know that a short time later, Jesus goes back to that same place. And it says that people came bringing the sick to him. There'd been a change in the spiritual atmosphere of that region. Could it be that that change came about because of the witness of a guy who'd who'd never been to Bible college? He'd never read the Bible. He, He didn't know anything about theology, but he had a story. He had a passion. He, he had a, just a simple message of, he didn't know the, he couldn't preach the gospel like Billy Graham. He, you know, he wasn't as, uh, you know, he didn't have the, the great ministry of Reinhard Bonnke, but he just had a simple story. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I can see. And he changed a region because of his witness. Could it be, friends, that as we gather at the feet of Jesus today, He wants to clothe us with power. That as we leave and as we worship this week, we change the rooms wherever we go. But as we witness, we can change a region.
works. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. She poured out her worship. He poured out his testimony. You know, one of the questions I get asked more than any other as I go to different places, I meet different Christians is this. How do I find out what God has called me to do? How do I find out what my ministry is? How do I find out the call of God for my life? You see, often we make discipleship and the call and ministry a task that God gives us. But actually, who knows, discipleship is a life. And it's a, if I could sum up discipleship in one phrase, it would be this. A life of outpouring. That wherever I go, I'm going to pour out my worship on Jesus. And wherever I go, I'm going to pour out my witness. I can't hold it in. I'm going to tell the whole world what he's done. Friends, we can change the world like that. Said we can change the world like that. Do we believe that? Worship and witness can change everything. Close with one story on witness. About two years ago, I was preaching in a church. Some of you may have heard this story before, but I want to show you how simple it is. Two years ago, I was preaching a church on a Friday night. And as I was praying for people, there was a woman over on kind of my left-hand side. And God just put this word on my heart. And he said, go over and tell her that I love you. Uh, that he loves her, not that I love her. Not that I don't love her, but that would have been strange. Um, so I went over to this lady. I said, I, I feel I, I, God's got a word for you. He just wants you to know that he loves you. Well, I don't know about you, but if God tells me to do something, I expect something to happen. I expected her to break down in tears or get slain in the Holy Spirit or something. Instead, she just kind of went, thank you very much. So, and that was it. Um, so I carried on praying for people. A few moments later, God said, go and tell her again. So I went over a second time. I said, God wants you to know that he loves you. This time she just nodded. So I carried on praying for people. A few moments later, God said, go and tell her again. So I went over a third time. I said, God wants you to know that he loves you. This time she turned around and left the building. I thought that could have gone better. Well, I carried on praying for people, went home, forgot all about it. A year later, I went back to that same church. At the end of the meeting, this woman comes up to me and she says, can you remember me? So I said, no, I'm sorry. She said, last year you came up to me and three times you said, God loves you. I said, oh yeah, I can remember. She said, let me tell you, that morning I woke up so expectant that God was going to speak. So I went to church that night so full of expectancy that I was going to get a word from God. So when you came over and said, God had got a word for me, I was so ready for this life-changing, powerful, transforming, destiny-altering word from heaven. When you said, God loves me, I'll be real honest, I was a bit disappointed. I thought, I've known that since Sunday school. How obvious, how simple is that? When you came and told me a second time, I thought you were a little bit patronizing. When you came and, and said me, told me a third time, I just wanted to punch you. 
I thought, do I look, do it, do I have stupid kind of tattooed on my forehead? Why do I need to hear this again? She said, I went home really mad with you. I thought, I hope this story is going to have a, a good ending. She said, a few weeks later, my husband sat me down and told me that he'd been having an affair with another woman. That he wanted a divorce, that he was leaving me and the kids. She said, it was the darkest hour of my life. She said, I even contemplated taking my own life. But in my darkest hour, I heard your voice saying, God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. And I remember that I was valuable, that I was loved, that I was special. She said, that word has sustained me over the past 12 months. I'm here today worshiping Jesus because of that. You see, friends, someone else's miracle is on the other side of your obedience. How, who is there this week who you can just go up to and say, you know what? God wants you to know that he loves you. Could, that, could it be that simple? Friends, that's how we change the world. Ordinary people going up to people who have no idea what they're going through or what they're going to go through and just spreading the message of God's amazing, transforming love. Who here has ever received a miracle and it was because of someone else's obedience? Who here, someone led you to Jesus? Who here, someone invited you to church for the first time? Is anyone here, you've ever been in a meeting and you've not known what to do and someone gave a prophecy and it was spot on for you? Anyone here, you've ever not had any money and someone's stuck an envelope through the letterbox? Anyone here, you've, you've ever been at a real dark moment and someone's just given you a hug and said, love you, or sent you a text and it's, it's, it's changed your whole day. Anyone here been sick and someone laid hands on you and you're healed? I wonder at the time, the person who did all those things, I wonder if they felt a little bit nervous, a little bit unsure, a little bit, I wonder is this God or not? But you know what? They were an outpouring and you received your miracle. Who can you be the answer to someone else's prayer for this week? if the guys can come up I want us to stand together tonight at 6 o'clock we're going to be at Bridlington Avenue she, it's been you agree it's been awesome to have Jennifer with us this morning and tonight we're going to be finding a little bit more about Jennifer and also her husband, Carmine, who's got an incredible story as well. Uh, we're going to have a special extended time of worship and ministry. Um, so don't miss tonight. It's going to be an incredible night. But right now, I just want us just to close our eyes. Song of Songs says of prophetically of Jesus your name 
is like perfume poured out. You see, there's power in the name of Jesus. But in order for his name to bring transformation, it has to be poured out. It has to be released. And who knows that he has given his name to the church. Are we going to keep it to ourselves? Or are we going to live a life of outpouring that changes rooms and changes regions wherever we go? Worship and witness. Mary poured out her worship and the whole room was filled with the fragrance. We can fill Cineworld in these next 11 minutes. You can fill your car, your office, your home this week. You can, cha- you can fill your interior world with the fragrance of His presence as you pour out worship. And remember, worship and witness go hand in hand. The man we know as Legion, clothed with power from on high, went into his region and turned it upside down. Just simply by saying, this is what Jesus has done for me. The people you bump into this week, your family, your friends, your neighbours, your colleagues. I wonder if you're going to bump into people this week who just need to know that God loves them. Who just need to know what Jesus has done for you. Friends, if we all did that this week, if we all just poured out our witness to someone. Friends, we could change whole like that. We could change this region like that.